0: Welcome to the Prosperously You Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sydney Smith. This podcast is here to help you get on your own damn way using mindset and manifestation. Join me each week as I dive into how you can integrate these practices into your business and life to elevate you into prosperity. We'll be chatting everything money, mindset, and manifestation so you can learn how to build the life and career you've always dreamed of. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24 of the Prosperously You podcast. I am so excited for today's special guest. You guys mentioned on Instagram very clearly that you wanted more special guests, so I have brought in an incredible one for you today. I have the anxiety doc on Jen Anders, who is a close friend of mine, and also just such an inspiration. If you don't follow her on Instagram, definitely go do it. She has so much valuable content for dealing with anxiety and so many of the other related aspects of it. So without further ado, welcome Jen. If you just want to tell us a bit about your backstory so the audience can get kind of more about you.
1: Thank you, Sydney. Yeah. So I'm Jen. I am a licensed psychologist and you know, I've got my fingers in a bunch of different things right now. I first, I started my career as a psychologist within the school system. So doing behavior assessments, working with children with um, social emotional needs, leading counseling groups. And I love working with children, but there was always like this part of me that wanted to work with adults. Like I wanted to not just serve, people and children within the education system, but open up my practice to a broader swath of society. And really one of the driving factors behind that was my own struggles with anxiety and my, I guess, my learnings that you can work through it. You, it is possible to transform. It's possible to overcome. Um, you remember sitting kind of like on the other side of this whole thing, realizing how in the world am I going to like ever be free from anxiety? Like what, how do you do that? What do you do? And Mm -hmm. uh, over time I learned how to do it. Um, I mean, obviously I have a doctorate in psychology, so that helped, but um, you know, there's so many things that I've learned over the course of the past, I guess 10, 10 ish years in this career path. And I like, I, wanted to, I want to share it with people. That's kind of like the root of all of this. So one, one thing kind of led into the next and I, I kind of just like kept on moving forward. I, I'm not one of those people who kind of like gets stuck in, a, in one particular area of work. I, I like to like move things around and shake things up. So I'm always doing something new. I've got a new project going on all the time and That's kind of like what keeps me excited, what keeps me passionate and going. So that's me.
0: I love it. So I know you talked about like your struggles with anxiety a little bit, but what really drew you to work specifically with adults with anxiety?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, so when when I was in graduate school, one of my supervisors, well, I was working with Children with anxiety, and one of my supervisors once said to one of the parents of the children that I work with, Anxiety is one of the most treatable mental illnesses. And I was like, What? It's treatable? I actually had no idea at that point that it was. I thought that, like, if you have anxiety, similar to like if you have bipolar disorder or if you have schizophrenia, like you're doomed for life, like you're doomed to have this thought pattern. And so, when she said that, kind of like a light bulb went off, and I was like, Oh, like that's cool. There's something that we can do about this. And so I guess, like, fast forward, I realized that working with children can sometimes be, like, not, I don't want to say limiting. That's not the right word. But, like, kids are just less insightful about their state of being. And I, as a practitioner, like to, like, go deep and get into it. And adults often, not necessarily always, but have more insight. Like, they're able to take the knowledge and run with it. Like they're usually more curious about yeah. um, their healing. Like, so for example, working with kids for the most part, it's not their choice to work with me. Their yeah. parents or their teachers have mandated them to work with me. And that's just like a different energy. Yeah. Whereas adults work with me because they want to work with me because they want to get better. And it, it kind of like when you want to get better and when you want to transform, the world opens up really. And yeah. so like, that's kind of the energy that I like working in. Yeah, that but, totally makes sense. Yeah, that's the short of it.
0: Awesome. So what is actually happening in our minds when we experience fear and doubt? Obviously we talk a lot about this in like the mindfulness sector and things like that. But from a psychologist point of view, like what's really going on behind the scenes there?
1: Yeah, so fear and anxiety And doubt are actually like a very normal and natural human response to the unknown. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's just where everyone's brains naturally go when you're presented with something that you're uncertain uncertain about. It's a protective mechanism, and so it serves to protect us. The analogy I always like to use is like the reason why you and I are alive today is because our ancestors were so tuned into like the negative. And the, the danger in their environments that they avoided it. Mm-hmm. They steered clear of danger because their, their anxiety and they were like heightened. They were tuned into their environment, right? They were highly sensitive. They were overthinkers. They were extra vigilant. And it was a protection. But now in 2021, we don't need to have that level of protection, that level of... Um, kind of like fear activation. And it actually is a a disservice. Um, And so like, I I always say in short bursts, in short bursts, anxiety is good. You want anxiety because it motivates you. It like helps you turn it up to the next gear to get going. But it becomes a problem when it's overactivated, And when this state, when you're like constantly in this state of being, um, and most people don't realize that they're in it, like, un- unfortunately, like, so many people walk around not realizing that they're anxious, that they're kind of, like, living in, like, their brains are in a cloud. I get so many people who write into to me saying, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize this was anxiety. But, like, yes, like, you don't have to be living like that is the point. Like, people are just kind of, like, droning around with this, like, constant state of, like, almost, like, angst. Worry, fear, and they don't realize that there's something that they could be doing about it.
0: Yeah, I think this, it speaks to me because, like, even a couple of years ago, I remember, like, it was right when I feel like people are starting to go to therapy more, or like, more of my friends were, and like, we're talking about anxiety, and I was like, I don't have anxiety. And then I realized, <laughs> like, oh my God, I have so much in so many different areas. Yeah, um, and it, yeah you don't have to live like that. Um, exactly. So what, I guess I had a different question lined up, but I feel like this points more towards this one around like, so how do you then become aware of it and then start to take steps to heal so you're not just
1: droning around in worry state? Oh, good question. So anxiety in response to like a stressful situation is normal. I just want to say that like that is typical we wouldn't want to discourage someone from feeling anxiety in that sense but when anxiety is experienced even in the absence of a stressful event that's when it's like okay it's a problem so how do you realize that you're there well <laughs> there's like this is this is like the million dollar question this is this is what we have to this is a practice i think of it as a practice like there's no easy simple this is what you do then you're good um one of the things that I like to focus on is polyvagal theory, and that's like nervous system regulation. The holistic mm-hmm. psychologist talks about this a lot. If you're familiar with her work, um, but it's like the heart of dysregulation or the heart of anxiety. A lot is not being connected to your nervous system or having your nervous system be dysregulated. So, how do you realize that it's like that? Well. There are some indicators like I like to think about anxiety as like it's a it's a clue into it informs us that anxiety is setting in. And so burnout is a big one, like when you're feeling exhausted and you feel like you're stuck in a rut and you don't know how to get out of it. That's a big one. Another one is feeling inadequate, like imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, all these things that I talk about like that I share about on my post are all kind of like clues to indicate that you're anxious but another one is overthinking so if you're constantly perseverating on a topic but not to like solve a problem or not to think through it just to like loop through all the horrible things that went wrong or things that you could have been or should have been doing Mm -hmm. that's an indicator um and like I said like these are things that that clue us into the fact that something's out of balance that anxiety is setting in um you know like how to pay attention to these things well first and foremost you have to start to bring awareness to your thoughts a lot of people don't pay attention to their thoughts like humans are really unique in that we can think about our thoughts it's called metacognition and like not mm-hmm. I think I think we're the only species that does this I don't know for sure but I' heard that once that humans are the only species that can think about their thoughts and so how cool if we can think about them then we can bring awareness to them mm-hmm. and bring awareness to not only our thoughts but like how our body feels when we're experiencing a certain thought so an exercise that I like to walk people through is like, tuning into where on your body you feel a specific feeling so I really harbor tension in my shoulders that's not for everyone sometimes people hold it in their stomach and they have GI issues and they have stomach they have um, some stomach issues other people like hold it in their hands and they'll you'll see like people pick out their nails and their nails are like short and stubby and their hands are raw other people, headaches you know pressure so like everyone experiences tension in their body in a different place and so one of the first and most important steps is to pay attention to where in your body you feel this sensation Mm -hmm. because that is going to give you insight into what's going on yeah
0: Mm -hmm. that's I yeah I feel like that my first intro into it was like when I started doing yoga and they're like you hold so much tension in your hips and I was like what? What are you even talking about? Like I think it's crazy once you like get more and more into this world because you realize like how all of these things impact your entire body and like so many areas of your life. I think we you know, we just think like, oh, I just need to treat anxiety because i it's just affecting this one area in my life that I want to work on, but it's like, actually, <laughs> it stems through to a lot of different things. so, your life can change drastically when you start to become aware of and address these issues. Um, So what usually informs our anxiety and fears? I know you talked about obviously like the evolutionary like benefits of anxiety and fear, but in like today's world in more of like a trauma related um, aspect, like what is really informing the anxiety and fears that we
1: experience as adults? So when you say informed do you mean like how do we know if we're anxious or like what causes anxiety like what causes it mm-hmm. Yeah I you know I I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I'm like you know tr- I always try to like find patterns in yeah. behaviors and or in certain like thought processes but I think that anxiety can Like nothing has to inform anxiety. It can first and foremost. I think it's a a personality trait. I think some people are just more prone to Mm -hmm. overthinking, prone to um, worry, prone to these this temperament. Um, And so, like that is certainly a piece of it. Then you know another piece of it can be certainly like you said trauma. If you've experienced some form of physical emotional trauma you're going to be anxious. Like there's no, it's, it's your body is protecting you when you experience anxiety. So if you, you know, think about it through like a evolutionary perspective, like if you experience trauma, your body is and your mind is going to want to avoid experiencing that again. And so anxiety kicks in to be like, avoid, 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 avoid. And that's really, I mean, that's really what anxiety is, is it, it's an avoidance mechanism. It, it does everything in its power to get you to avoid whatever it is that's triggering. And the irony of anxiety is that like the more you avoid, the stronger the anxiety becomes. And like, I'm not saying this, this is not true for trauma. Like if you've experienced trauma, then of course, avoiding it is the most important thing to do and <laughs> avoiding situations. So like, I want, I have to be sensitive about how I frame this because, like, it can sound not trauma-informed when I'm like, just lean into it. Like, this is not the case for, for severe trauma. But say, for example, if you have social anxiety and you fear groups and settings where you're out in public and you have to communicate with people you don't know. A lot of people's natural tendency would be to avoid it. Like, okay, I'm not going to go to that event because it makes me anxious. Mm -hmm. But that in turn ends up making the situation even worse. And what we practice in cognitive behavior therapy is leaning into what causes you discomfort and working working within that feeling of discomfort to get through it rather than to avoid it. But yeah. an answer, I guess to circle back and answer to your question, what informs anxiety? It can be, it's like so multifaceted. Yeah. Like, And like I said, you're going to develop anxiety after you experience a stressful event. That's normal and that's natural. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't like discourage people from experiencing anxiety when it's warranted, but it's when it's in response to something that, When there's no stress, where there's no trigger, when it's anxiety is just activated all day, every day, that's when we need to pump the brakes and like tune into what's really going on.
0: Yeah, I think something big for me too was realizing like And I think you you mentioned the holistic psychologist. I think she talks about this, like the difference between like little trauma and big trauma. And like, because I think, you know, on the whole in my life, I never experienced like one huge tragic event. So I was just like, of course I shouldn't have anxiety or I shouldn't have these emotions. Like I've never experienced like a super traumatizing, what I viewed as traumatizing. And then it was in a way liberating to hear her talk about like, smaller things that can still cause you trauma and still be like and in- cause anxiety that you have to work through in the sense of like almost like giving yourself like recognition of it instead of like just pushing it down and being like no no no, no like I d- I was never in a tragic car accident for example so like I should never have like this anxiety around this
1: oh so good yeah so there's I've I forgot where I read this but I recently read that little t trauma and for those of you guys who don't know what that is little t is like something that for example maybe bullying or being made fun of or having like even moving something like a breakup things that of course are troubling but they're not like what you would think of think of as like classic trauma like car accident plane accident a rape a natural disaster those are tr- legit like, those are big Big T traumas, so yeah. your body actually experiences or can experience little T trauma in the same way that it experiences big T trauma. Like it, mm-hmm. your body can't differentiate the two. And what what happens with little T trauma is it adds up. It like all compounds, and so the experience within the body would be the same as if you've been in a car accident. For some, for some, of course, like I'm have to be careful about like making blanket generalized statements but we get in trouble like you said Sydney when we're we say I shouldn't experience anxiety because I haven't experienced trauma or I haven't experienced a natural disaster or something that would warrant me to experience this Mm -hmm. and we get, get upset with ourselves for feeling it because we think we shouldn't be because we don't deserve to experience this in the absence of trauma. But that's just not how anxiety works. You can experience anxiety, even if you haven't, even if you haven't gone through or experienced trauma. Yeah. So the first step, obviously,
0: what you talked about earlier is like becoming aware of where anxiety is kind of coming in. And then I think also like pairing it with what we were just talking about, like becoming aware of like stop diminishing the way you feel like that's only going to make it worse. If you're just like, well, I shouldn't. Um, I had a coach one time who was like, don't should all over yourself, (laughs) Um, which I feel like is accurate. But anyway, so obviously there's like awareness and then like giving yourself like forgiveness and grace. But then how do you actually like, what are some of your top tips for then like coming out the other side? Cause I think like something I've talked with a lot about friends Uh, or with friends is something where it's like, okay, great. Now I'm aware of it. Now I I don't want to just sit here. Like I need to move through it. Right.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So I think where that begins is creating space in between when you're triggered or creating space in between when a negative thought comes up and how you react to it. And what I mean by that is Something's going to trigger you. Something's going to make you upset. That's going to like trigger anxious thoughts. And so A, being aware of what those things are. So knowing your triggers and thinking about triggers as as not something like that we need to judge or get upset about, but something that like an indicator that helps us know where in our life we're not fulfilled. And so what we want to do is we want to listen to our anxiety with curiosity Rather than with judgment, and 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 think about how and what it can teach us. But like mm-hmm. at a at, you know at a tangible level, what happens is so you get triggered or anxiety starts looping, and you're aware of it. Your goal is to try to create space in between how you respond, how you react, how you think, and that initial thought. Mm-hmm. Like if we can just. Make good use of that five second space, like that window in between stimulus and reaction. Like, this is where transformation lies in that five seconds. It's like, it's not like, how do we get rid of anxiety as a whole, like forever for good? No, that's that. Like, when you think about that, it's overwhelming. It's Mm -hmm. how do you, in each thought, in each moment, choose to not let anxiety get the best of you?
0: Yeah, like it's something better.
1: Yeah. And it's really like, comes down to like, a thought by thought. It's, it's very like specific on you have to consciously make this choice. Every thought you have, or every anxious thought you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. I remember
0: when I was first like diving into this stuff, I was working with someone who told me she was like, you need to stop thinking of your thoughts as like a river that just like take you away with the current, Mm -hmm. but like a faucet that you can really start to control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I never heard that before, but I really like that.
0: Yeah. It was a good analogy that definitely stuck with me. And it was definitely at the time I was like really starting to lean into this stuff where I was like, wait, what do you mean? I can like control the way I think. I don't have to just be like, oh, like, <laughs> what I said earlier, like, shitting all over myself all the time, of like, oh my God, why didn't I do this this way? I should have done this, or like, whatever thought patterns that really weren't serving me. Cause I think I was starting to realize like how many times I was just like spiraling into these negative thought patterns that, like, it's not like you're more productive in that headspace. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. really Ooh. not helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, something I just thought of this. So, one of the things that I, encourage people to do when they start looping and it's like, I can't get out of this. What do I do is set a timer on your phone for 75 seconds and go into a quiet place. And for that 75 seconds, feel that feeling as intensely as you can, like lean into it. I know that seems kind of like metaphor, but like quite literally you want to let that feeling wash through you because here's the thing about emotions. They always pass. Emotions don't stick. They're energy in motion, so they will pass through you. A lot of people get afraid that, like, if I feel this feeling, I'm never going to get out of it. I'm never going to get through it. But that's just not how emotions work. So if you, for 75 seconds, lean into this, like, cry, pull your hair, do whatever, like, so intensely, you'll realize that by the end of that 75 seconds, you're like, huh, that passed. It's like like a very visceral feeling of, like, leaning into it in order to let it pass through you.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something where like a lot of people are so scared of feeling that emotion because we like, usually don't let ourselves, it's like the avoidance, right? Like you're going to do anything to avoid actually dealing with it. But when you, we were talking about nervous system, like regulation earlier, I feel like when you get your nervous system used to like feeling those emotions and realizing you're still safe on the other side, I feel Mm -hmm. like it opens up a whole new world of like possibilities for being able to work through fear and doubt and anxiety and realize they're just emotions
1: that I am able to manage they don't have to manage my entire life so well said and that's like really the the heart of my practice is like helping people understand that they don't need to fear uncomfortable emotions uncomfortable feelings that they can just experience them and know and trust that they'll pass
0: yeah so beautiful. Um, so how do you see mindset playing a role in managing anxiety?
1: Yeah. So this is one of like my favorite parts of this practice because I know you and I are both huge into into mindset. Like it is, it's the foundation, I believe, of everything. And so how this ties into anxiety is I always practice and I encourage people to practice embodying the person that they want to be (laughs) thinking about making decisions from you know this isn't new to you but making decisions from acting from believing knowing what's possible from this place of having already transcended anxiety Mm -hmm. so you're stuck in anxiety because you keep on thinking you have anxiety Mm -hmm. but you don't you can you can start to think, okay, I'm going to start to make decisions from this place of not being impacted by anxiety and start to embody what this person would be before there's, like, actual evidence to support that being a reality of being a truth for you. Like, you do this with money mindset. same. This is the same principle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So how does Sydney act in six months when she's worked through this stuff? How does she think? How does she feel? How does she react? How does she be that person now? Same is true for mental health.
0: I love that. And that's, yeah, it's something where we think of like, oh, I learned this one framework for this one part of life, but it's really transcends when it's mindset work. It transcends to every part of like, I obviously talk a lot about embodying your next level, obviously with the primary focus be like, or be around earning at a new level, income, like where would you be if you made like $15,000 a month, whatever the level you're looking to get to. And it's so interesting that it's like, it's exactly the same for any other thing, (laughs) whether it's you're trying to call in and manifest a new healthier headspace and like, who am I on the other side of anxiety? Or I'm trying to call in and manifest a partner, like who am I? How do I act in this relationship? It's just, so cool. I mean, obvious. It's so cool and obvious how it's all so intricately connected. Of like, it's the same principles and practices.
1: Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. I mean, like, it works for all areas of life, and so I like try to bring it into psychology and mental health because a lot of psychology is like, okay, we have to stick to the books, we have to stick to the mm-hmm. ways and the tools and the theories that we know have been proven, like cognitive behavior therapy, mm-hmm. acceptance and commitment therapy. Like there are certain like bread and butter techniques that we use, of mm-hmm. course, and they're helpful. But in order to like take it one step further, I like to bring this theory, this principle into my practice as well. And you, you've seen the benefits of it. You know how it works. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a,
0: it's a really powerful tool to just be able to start to step into that like, quote unquote, other side, whatever the other side looks like and really start mm-hmm. to embody that Cause I know like we, you talked about a little bit, like what the mind experiences, but the mind can't tell a different, like subconscious mind can't tell a difference between a feeling you're feeling like projecting into the future versus like a feeling of it being real. So Mm -hmm. leveraging that to all of its power (laughs) can lead to stepping into that other side much more swiftly.
1: Yeah. And something I always hear is like, whenever I say that, people are like, but I can't. And like, I don't know how. And I'm sure you've experienced your clients say this as well, but it's like, you don't need to know how. Like, Mm -hmm. just start to feel what it feels like. Yeah. And like, I I mean, journaling and writing things down is really excellent practice to get you there because sometimes thoughts can be like overwhelming or confusing Mm -hmm. and it helps to write them down on paper to like organize them and get clear on what they are. But it's a starting point. Yeah, definitely.
0: Like I feel like it's really important to do, like you can do a visual as well, but like even just the journal prompt of like, how do I show up when I'm on this other side? Like Mm -hmm. what what do I, like what kind of character traits and attributes do I feel like I have really cemented? Um, So yeah all good journal prompts, (laughs) all for the journal prompts. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and chatting through all of this. It's so, I feel like helpful to really start to understand where our headspace is at, how we can start to manage it and then really heal and work through it. So what programs do you have available now for people to work with you and dive deeper into this
1: healing journey? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So my my big thing that I'm running right now is Anxiety Transformation Academy. Mm-hmm. And this is really for people who have maybe experienced one-on-one therapy in the past and they're like, uh, eh, talk therapy is not for me. Mm-hmm. You want the tools. You want to learn how to manage anxiety when you're triggered. But like therapy just didn't work for you. That's kind of like how, that's the angle that I'm taking with this. Yeah. And so what, what I do in this program is I help you understand how to gain control over your anxiety in the moment. Cause that's the thing. Like we all know how to like, or at least some people know how, what they're supposed to do to manage anxiety when they're not feeling anxiety. But when it comes down to like being triggered, that's, that's like how we, that's the million dollar question. Like how to use these tools in the moment. So how to stay calm when you're triggered by your friends and family, how to actually identify your triggers. And then we work on getting rid of cognitive distortions or like what, what we call thinking traps. Gotcha. Um, these are really common. We all kind of like, we tend to categorize the world and it helps us make sense of things, but they can be problematic when they start to limit our thinking, they limit our mm-hmm. way of being. Um, and then how to bring about lasting change in our life. So really I filter all of this through like a trauma informed lens. I mm-hmm. love to use polyvagal theory, which is nervous system regulation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the goal is to help people learn anxiety coping, t- anxiety coping skills and coping tools mm-hmm. and actually bring these skills into their life. Um, and it's a completely online self-paced course.
0: Beautiful. Well, I am sure it is the most transformation that someone would have ever experienced diving into anxiety. And I feel that of like, yeah, I tried talk therapy and it it wasn't for me. It felt like I was just, again, kind of like sitting in the awareness stage without the tools to work through. So I feel like this program is going to be such a game changer for people who are able to actually see the other side instead of just, you know, maybe a few steps of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. And if yeah, if you're curious, I talk about it a lot on my Instagram and it's the first link in my bio. So if you're curi- if you're curious or you'd like to learn more, got an informational video, go check it out yeah, and I will
0: can or I'll put that link in the show notes too so people can go directly to that. And I will also link your Instagram because as I mentioned, she shares so much valuable information and does a lot of cool also collaborations too, I feel like with people in other areas of mental health. So definitely go follow her account and I hope you guys found this episode helpful and I feel like anxiety is something we all struggle with to a certain degree. So it is definitely a big topic that I wanted to have an expert come on and guide you guys through. So thank you for coming on today, Jen.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sydney. It was my pleasure.
0: Awesome. Okay. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another special guest. And until then, I hope you guys have an amazing week and we'll chat soon.